0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Christian. Awesome. It's good. We're going to have a good day. Who's ready? Ready? Take a seat then. (laughs) Thank you, band. Unbelievable. Good job. Well done. Yeah, you can all go and find a place and sit down and relax. It's Noosa. It's what you do in Noosa, isn't it? Christian saying, thinking, don't say that, it's not what we do, we're here to build the church, amen. Hey, well, I'll quickly tell you a little bit of my story. Uh, I've been a Christian for 17 years now, I was saved at the age of 20. My parents, uh, my parents used to run a church right through my uh, early childhood and Up until about the age of 13, I think I used to go to church, and then about the age of 13, 14, I stopped, uh, just because I didn't have to go anymore. So, because I was old enough to stay home on my own. And then it was around that age also that uh, I kind of went off the tracks a little bit and got involved in some different things. But partly maybe because the church that my parents went to actually was all going great, and then some stuff happened and it kind of busted up and. I was right at the age where i then lost my little group of friends within that church so they were then going to go to another church and i was at this age at 13 where i was like well i don't want to go and make another group of friends and at 13 i'm thinking i don't know about the call of god stuff so i thought well i'm just not gonna go and i remember one day actually my brother and my best friend came home and mum and dad were out at a church meeting they came home and they were laughing and they were giggling and they were having a great time and I, I asked my brother and my best friend, I said, what are you, why are you guys so happy? Oh, and they were like, don't tell them, don't tell them, don't tell them. And I'm like, no, because they're giggling and laughing at everything. I mean, like ridiculously laughing at everything. They couldn't stop laughing. And I'm thinking, why are you guys so happy? And you've got to remember, this is my brother, my older brother, and my best friend. And they're like, oh, well, we've been, we've been smoking this. Do you want some? And I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And like, you know, 13, 14 years old, Mum and dad are out at a church meeting and there we are and they give me this little smoke thing and I had a go of that and loved it and for the next six years of my life from about 14 to 20, that's what I did and uh, at the age of 20, I remember life wasn't going that good for a number of reasons and and I actually went up to my mum's house one day and I said mum, I said like, you know, what's life all about? What am I meant to do? You know, because I've been living—I don't think my mum and dad even knew what I was up to—but uh, it wasn't—it didn't leave me feeling very good. And that lifestyle—it it, it promotes itself as being something that—it's exciting, it's out there, it's on the edge. We're having fun, we're at parties every week. But at the end, the way that lifestyle leaves you—it kind of chews you up and spits you out. And actually, the title of my message today is "You." There it is. Do you like that artwork? It's a lot—a lot of thought went into that, and it did actually, the hardest relationship you'll ever have is with yourself, and it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, uh, you, can be, you can have one, a whole bunch of things going on over here, but internally, you're feeling miserable, and on the surface, you can look like you've got it all together, I mean, I was doing all sorts of things at the age of 20, I was driving around in a brand new car, we were going on holidays, and it wasn't a job that was paying for all of those things, so... It was a little other thing I was doing. And so, uh, but on, internally, I was miserable. So I, I go up to my mum's house and I say, mum, what's life all about? And she goes to me, well, son, you know, your father and I, we've always gone to church and we believe in God and that he's good and maybe you should come back. And I remember I actually swore at her. I said, mum, you and dad, you do the same old every single week, you give your money away, you do your tithes and your offerings, you commit, you're on rosters, you're serving. I said, for what? And now I'm coming up as your son asking for help and you're going to try and shove that stuff down my throat. You can, that's how the conversation kind of went. And so, because I was was really asking for help, I wanted help and she was saying the help is in this and I'm thinking this is not the time and the place to be trying to bring Bible or God into when I'm actually asking my, you know. And anyway, she goes, here, take the Bible. I don't even know why I took it, actually. She said, take, take it home, have a read. And I thought, oh, okay, I will. And I, but I was angry, so I went home and I took the Bible and I had this coffee table. We were living in this esplanade home, overlooking the ocean. I, had this, I put the Bible down on the coffee table and then I had some smoking devices, let's call them that. And uh, I did both. I started smoking this, and I started reading the Bible. And in the middle of that, I know that sounds wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> For all the Christians in the room. You're going, oh, God wouldn't be into that. The reality is, there was, I, was, I, was, I was in a cloud of smoke, literally. And I read in the Bible, and I, can't even, I don't even know where it is, but I read somewhere. As I'm sitting there doing this, I'm kind of angry, and I'm doing this to prove a point. I'm like, what are you going to say to me? What are you going to change? You can't change. You, you know, I'm in this state of mind. And I remember reading the scripture and it says something about give up your wicked ways. Or it said something like your ways are wicked. So it wasn't like a grace, nice, oh, love, you know, I'm going to embrace you now. And I'm the God of grace and mercy. It was not. God said to me, what you're doing is wicked. And if you keep doing it, where you're going to end up is not going to be good. And the reality is, if I was honest with myself at that point, I wanted to give up that lifestyle. And I actually had already tried, but I couldn't. And I'd failed a number of times. But I'd never tell anyone that. I'd never let anyone know that I'd failed. Because on the, on the outside, I got it all together. I was surfing, I was skating, I had a good circle of friends. And, you know, life should have been good. And so in the middle of that moment, in the middle of that cloud of smoke, God came into that lounge room. Right there. I burst into tears, I started bawling my eyes out and I thought, right, I gotta stop this. And I remember taking that, it was a bong, I took the bong and I thought, I'm gonna clean it out. At that point, I felt like if I just clean this thing out and put it on a shelf, I'm gonna go back to it. I need to get rid of it. And so I took it and I put it in a plastic bag, I put it on the ground and I smashed that thing under my foot and I made that commitment. I'm never going back to that old lifestyle. I'm not going back. And uh, that was at 20. day, I rung Cindy and I said, Benz, call her Benz, can't remember what I called her back in the day, gorgeous, lovely, honey bunch, I don't know what it was, she was at work and I rung her at work and I said, I'm going to stop doing this stuff and I'm going to go to church on Sunday and you should come with me and we should get married because we're living together and we're not married and I don't think God likes that either and also I feel like we should move to New Zealand. Because I got no job here in Adelaide, and I was actually born in, so I want to go back to it. So she's at work. She starts crying, going, "You can't just ring me at work and tell me all this." But I felt like I had a moment. God opened up a window for me, and I had a choice to make which way I would go. And and the problem for me was I liked the old lifestyle. I liked being out of it. I liked taking things that made me feel like that I could escape reality. I did. I liked it. Some people are not in. I loved doing all those things. But at that moment, I realized I've got a choice to make. And and so we did. We went over to New Zealand for four years. We got involved in a little local church there and, and everything kind of went good. And then years later, find ourselves back in Australia and uh, my parents ran a church and they were running that church for about 10 years. But then mum actually got breast cancer and they were, you know, running this church and doing good, but then she got ill, and uh, as a result, Dad kind of got really stressed with it all, and they sort of, the conversation came up, and they said, well, Tim and Cindy, maybe you could take over this church. And there might have been, I don't know, 50, 60 people at that point in time in the church, and uh, it was miles away, it was like in this other suburb, which was like half an hour away, which in Adelaide, that's a long way. And uh, I said, well, if, if, I'm not taking over in a no stinking church, but I thought, if we ever do that, we will move the church up to the suburb that we live in, where we are, and and we we would move it into a school gymnasium. And so my parents said, okay, let's do it. And so they did. They moved the church up into the school gymnasium, and then more people left because we went from a building to a school gymnasium. And so by the time we took over this church, there might have been maybe like 50, 40 people. I remember one day, the worst day for me personally ever in church life was the day that I was talking just like this, and it started hailing on the tin roof. And hail started coming in through these vents and falling on the people that were there. There's like maybe 25 people. And they're getting hailed on in church. And I'm just thinking, dude, give up. This is too hard. What are you, what are you doing? Anyway, we, we carried on for a few years and ended up buying a building. And uh, things went, they got better than they were and things are currently still going good and the church is, actually the church is from when we took it out, it's probably more than quadrupled. It would have. People are coming and, and we're just trying to bring God into people's uh, lives into a relevant way and I totally believe that God is still alive, He's still relevant and I, I believe that He can still help. If He helped me, He can help anyone. So, In John chapter 14, I've got two scriptures to read and uh, we're good. We've got plenty of time, heaps of time, good. John chapter 14 verse 1 says this, uh, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, if, if you were to ask, what is God trying to do in the earth today? He's trying to set something up for you that where he is, he wants you to be there also. So whenever we think about God, we've got to have this thought, what does God want for my life? He wants me, he wants you to be with him where he is, that, that's, and that's his heart, he wants every single person in Noosa to have the opportunity to be with him where he is, and he is here, he is, he is in the earth today, He's not, he hasn't departed, he is here, and so you've got to have this thing, of, where does God want me? He wants me with him, regardless of if, if I think about myself and I think, you're not good at this. You can't do this. Look at the mistakes you've made in your life. You don't deserve to be there. God wants you where he is. His heart is for you every step of the time. Sometimes people have this thought that God is this big angry guy in the sky, pointing his finger, constantly upset with us, constantly disappointed, like we're never doing good enough, that he wants constantly more from us. And we always feel pressure. In fact, coming to church can make us feel pressure. We should do more as we have got to push. But at the end of the day, God loves us. He's not angry. He's happy. God's not angry with us. He's not angry with you, but you've got to believe that. God's not angry with me. God loves me. God's got good things for me. When God looks at me, he smiles, and he thinks, I love you. You're awesome. The biggest problem we have with, with us, with you, is you. The hardest relationship that you have in your life, in a relationship series, the hardest relationship you will ever have is the one you have with yourself. Unfortunately, you can never leave yourself. One day I tried. I was in the bedroom and I ran to the kitchen. When I got there, there I was. I tried to get away. I oh, know it's a weak joke, isn't it? It's terrible. Sometimes you just want to get away from it, but you can't. Wherever you go, there you are. So Jesus says, Where I go, you know... And the way you know, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. This is a little conversation happening. It starts off between Jesus and Peter. And he's trying to uh, reaffirm something to them. because, Because faith, at the end of the day, I think faith is actually hard. The reason I think faith is hard is because we live in a world that really has no faith. There is no belief. There is no, it's like, and, and everything that we see, it, it's the natural, it's the reality, it's the stuff I can touch, it's the stuff I can see, and I'm surrounded by that. So if I could say 98% of my life, I'm going to live based on the things that I see and touch and the realities that I have, then I've got to have this little 2%, which hopefully will increase over the years, of the spiritual part of my life. And I want to try and increase that spiritual part of my life. I mean, church definitely helps me with that. It brings me into an environment with other people and other believers that encourage me and go, Tim, you're not crazy. I feel what you feel. I believe what you believe. He's gone to prepare a place for us. He's, he's having this conversation. He's saying, and I'm going to come back. I'm come again. I'm going to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may, may be also. Thomas said to him, I know we've already read this, but we'll read it again because this is good. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. The, Thomas is an interesting character, and I would say to you, the struggle is real. The struggle was real. Understand something, that Thomas had spent the last three years by Jesus' side in close relationship, and Thomas is saying, I don't know where you're going. After three years of spending every day sleeping next to him, i got no idea where you're going. i got no idea what's going on. How do I know you're coming back? How do I know, You know, it's like the struggle is real. And the reason the struggle is real is often based on how we perceive things. It's, it's, it's how we look at it. Thomas couldn't get past his, his own disbelief. And then our disbelief makes us feel guilty because we should be believing, but we're not believing. We should go to water, but we're not going to water. It should have been simple, but it's not simple. And as a result of that, guilt comes upon us. The enemy comes in and goes, see, you haven't got it. Thomas said to Christ, he said, unless I can put my finger in the hole in your hand or put my hand in your side, I'm not going to believe. Jesus actually let him do that. He said, here's my hand. Put your finger in. Here's my side. Put your hand in there. Do you believe now? Jesus goes, it's good that you've believed based on that you've seen me, but there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are not going to get to see me, and their faith is going to be even kind of next level compared to, to yours. But Thomas had a struggle, and the struggle was real to him. I think that Thomas felt like he was going to miss out. What if, what if everyone else gets it, but I don't? What if all the other 11 believe and they're saved, and they get it, but I don't. And what if me needing to have some kind of touch moment with Jesus is going to be the thing that stops me? What if I'm not good enough? What if the other 11, like, they're good, but I'm not good? What if I didn't get educated enough? What if I made bad decisions? What if I'm involved in some stuff that I shouldn't be, and I don't get it? What if my faith or my belief is not enough and he's not happy with it? What if I've got to do more? Thomas is having this big struggle. But he's 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 kind of man enough in front of everyone to say actually I don't know. Actually I'm doubting. In front of Peter, man of faith, in front of John. They're all there but he's got enough thing to go, you know what? I'm actually struggling. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling to believe. I'm struggling to believe that you're coming back for me. I'm struggling to believe that you actually love me. I'm struggling to believe those things. I want to believe. He says, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. But we are all on a journey and that journey is not so much about, really, this sounds weird, but it's not so much about what Christ did for us, but it's about our ability to believe it. He can't do any more. He's done what he's done, but now we're here. Now you're here, and, and your faith can do something. So let me read quickly a scripture that we'll link in, two scriptures, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, and he arose that night. Took his two wives, come on, there's a relationships thing next week, Christian, Christian will explain that scripture to you next week, you can look it up, do a little Bible study on it, took his two wives, female servants, his 11 sons, crossed over the fort of Jabok. everyone say Jabok. Jabbok. you've got to say it properly, Jabbok. Jabbok, sounds like you're in Star Wars, isn't it, it's like Jabba the hut. Okay, he took them, sent them over the brook, sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob, love that part, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you seek or ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over the pineal, the sun rose on him. He limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle of the shank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. Rah, rah, rah. Uh, Jacob had an interesting life where he was the second born, and in that culture, the second born never was meant to get the blessing The person that got the blessing from the dad, from the father, was always the firstborn. So Jacob had a brother. His name was Esau. Esau was firstborn. Apparently, even as they were being born, uh, it said that Jacob, they were kind of twins, but it said that Jacob had tried to grab the heel uh, of his brother in the womb. He's trying to get out first. He's trying to push ahead. He's trying to, like, I'm trying to succeed. If I want anyone to succeed, it's me don't care about anyone else, I want to get ahead. And I'm willing to go past my brother to do it. So he's trying to get ahead. He comes out, but he's second. So he's never going to get the blessing. It turns out that the mum likes Jacob more than she likes Esau. The dad gets old. He becomes blind, so he can't see anymore. As he's getting old and he's blind, he's like, it's time for him to bless his sons. And he's going to give Esau the, you know, the number one blessing. He calls them into the room and he says to Esau, right, you go get this animal, make some stew, and uh, we'll eat, and then at the end of that thing, I'm going to bless you, Esau, so Esau runs off out into the forest, he's going to go hunting, the mum hears it, she says to Jacob, she says, Jacob, while your brother's out hunting, you sneak in, Uh, his brother Esau, it says he was a hairy man, so it says that, The mum gets some goat's hair. She puts it on Jacob's neck and on his hand. He walks in with a bit of goat's hair up here and a bit on his hand. They kind of got some super glue and they glued it on. And he walks in there and his dad, Isaac, he's blind. He can't see. He goes, who is it? And Jacob goes, it's Esau. And Isaac goes, come over here. Let me feel you. And so Jacob walks over and he goes, here, dad. Here's my hand. Feel it. And it's all hairy. See? Feel the back of my neck. Got some hair there too. And dad goes, you don't sound like Esau. Oh, no, no, I am. I'm Esau. And the dad goes, this is a bit weird. You don't sound like him, and you are real, but you're hairy, so maybe I'll bless you. And so the dad does. The dad goes, I'm going to bless you. And he blesses him. And he gives them, he gives him the number one, the blessing, the favor of God onto Jacob. And then Esau comes back from hunting, brings his stew in, and goes, dad, I got the stew. Bless me. And the dad's like, I've already blessed you. He goes, No, you haven't. No, you didn't. Diff- no, you haven't. He's like, No, I j- I've already done it, but I've been out hunting. Who did you bless? And Jacob's off in the side. <laughs> got him. Got him. I got it. <laughs> Sucker. I got it. And Esau's like angry and goes, Dad, surely you've got another blessing. And the dad goes, doesn't work like that. We get, you know, their culture, we get the one. And uh I said from that day on, Esau hated Jacob. He hated him and wanted to kill him. And Esau goes, you, you sneak, you rotter, you scumbag. You've, you've deceived me. You're the supplanter. You're the deceiver. You're trying to push your way forward in life. And you, his brother wanted to kill him. The reality of that story is, is actually uh, Jacob never deceived Esau. Esau sold his birthright for a pot of stew. You can read the story when you go home. At a moment of hunger, Esau's like, what does it mean to me? This is nothing. I don't need this. What is this blessing thing? What is this favor thing? And he was hungry, and Jacob's cooking a pot of stew, and Jacob goes, do you want some stew? And the brother goes, yeah, I want some stew. And Jacob goes, all right, give me your birthright, and I'll give you some stew. And Esau's like, okay, fine, give me the stew. Done. Esau considered it like not... It wasn't a special thing. Jacob valued the blessing of God, and he valued the favour of God. You know, we can be coming to church and doing this and kind of not even be aware of how important or what it is that we're actually building on the earth today. Uh, I would say we are doing something extremely important and extremely valuable But if we perceive it as not that important or not that valuable, it's gonna affect the way that we go about it. Jacob looked on it as I want this and I'm going for it. I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna do whatever I've got. Jacob goes off, he lives a life. His mum says, you better get away because your brother hates you. Give him a few days and after three days, he would have forgotten about it. Jacob goes off, 20 years later, 20 years later, he's never returned home. He's gone over. He's on the other side of this little river, which is the scripture that we just read out. He's on the, on the other side of this river. He's coming out 20 years later. He's married. He's got kids. He's got possessions. He's got all sorts of things. God has said to him, I want you to go back to where you come from. I want you to go back to your father's house. That had been his prayer from day one, that I will return to my father's house in peace. And so he's going back and he's got all his stuff. He's got his wives, he's got his servants, he's got his animals, he's got his donkeys, he's got camels, he's got got stuff. I think it's relevant because we've got stuff. I think if we live in Noosa, Australia, we've got stuff. We've got houses, we've got cars, we've got jobs, we've got clothes, we've got money, we've got all sorts of things. We've got plenty of stuff. We are not lacking stuff. In fact, it's nearly impossible to live in Australia and lack stuff. You just get it. It's just there, the sales. My wife, she loves shopping. Sometimes we don't even need it, but it was a bargain, so she buys it. I didn't even need it, but it was so cheap, you had to. Let's just get stuff. Let's just get more. Jacob didn't want to forget where he'd come from, so he sends over all his stuff. And he stays on the other side of the river. And basically, it says at that point, this man comes to him and wrestles with him and he struggles. And it says that he struggles all night. He struggles all night, and he says to this guy, and the guy says, he says, let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go until I get the blessing and the favor of God onto my life. I'm not crossing over that thing until I got what I came to get in that side of it. Does that make sense? He was sent there to get something. It was a journey. He didn't want to cross over without it. I'm not crossing over. I'm not going back. I don't care how much stuff I got. I'll send my stuff on in advance. The stuff means nothing to me. I want God. I want the blessing of God. I want the favor of God. I didn't come here just to muck around. I came here to build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail over this place. The dream that God had given Jacob was when he left his father's house, he left with nothing. And he he lays down that night. He's got the blessing, but he's been stripped of everything he's ever known. And that night, it says, he sleeps out under the stars with nothing. He looks up to heaven, and he has this dream. And it says that in the dream, there was a ladder set up. The ladder was set up on the earth. And it says that there are angels ascending and descending on, on this ladder. And Jacob makes this commitment. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The reality of that is, is the ladder was set up on the earth. The ladder was not coming from heaven down. The ladder was set up from earth up. In other words, someone set it up. Someone decided to move from Sydney to Noosa and set up a ladder on the earth that would get God's attention. And if we commit to setting something up on the earth, the Bible says that angels will ascend and descend. In other words, whatever we choose to set up will get God's attention. It amazes me that God can take people like you and I with all our problems, with all our deficiencies, with all our awkwardness, with all our addictions, with all our want and desire for stuff and more stuff, and I just want more stuff, and He will disregard all of that and say, have you set something up? I will send angels to ascend and descend, no matter where you set it up, I am for you and I am not against you. I'm telling you, it's good. God is for us and not against us. If we will set something up on the earth, if we will commit and we will go, God, I'm not leaving this place, until you do what you said you were going to do? I love these two people on the front row, I'm going to try and not cry. I love it that they left their home and, and took their kids out of their school and moved to a new place. And I know some people have said to them, oh, it must be hard struggling for Jesus in Noosa. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you decide to set something up. The reality is the same. There is a, there is a principality. There is a force in the atmosphere regardless that does not want, people like me, to be with where he is. They don't want people like me to find God. And that is an atmosphere thing. As a church, we are to take authority over the atmosphere. And, you know, I don't, I still kind of think the same thing about church, to be honest. I I think it's strange. I think it's kind of weird sometimes. I remember the first day I walked into church, there was one guy, you got a whole band here, but there was one guy on an acoustic guitar and everyone was clapping. And this was like you know, 17 years ago, and they were doing this little, the Pentecostal dance. I call it. Mm, what a mighty God we serve. And I was like, I'd walked in out of my back. And I'm going, what the heck's going on here? What are these people doing? And uh, I thought this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. But there was something in the atmosphere that I thought I like this. And if I could switch off from all the natural things, I'd go, ah! Oh, but there's something here. There's something here. At certain points through the music, you hear it. It's like, there's, there it is. Sometimes through the preaching, you go, ah! Oh, God's here. You can feel it. I feel like he's here right now. And it's, and it's phenomenal that we and say right i'm going to set something up and god goes if you set it up i'll send angels if you set it up the house of god how awesome is this place how awesome is this place seriously how awesome is it to come here into this school gymnasium have some music have some word I think we can get more people to come here. Because we're like, I'm the ambassador now for the church, one of many. I love church. I love this place. Am I out of time yet? Am I good? I'll just keep preaching till the cows come home. So he's on the other side of this river. He's sent over all his stuff. And I'm not leaving till I get that blessing. And he struggles and he struggles and he struggles, and he struggles all night. All night. He struggles, and he struggles, and he struggles all night. Even God says to him, let me go. He says, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go go." until you do what you said you were going to do. I haven't. Come just to speak and preach at church today. I've been actually praying weeks out leading into this because I really believe and feel like C3 Church Noosa is going to grow. It is going to expand to the right and to the left because these people here just simply, they're just not going to give up. They probably should have given up a little while ago, but they just decided we've come this far. We're not going back now. We're gonna send over our stuff and forget our stuff and we're gonna struggle and we're gonna struggle and we're gonna continue to struggle and we're not gonna let go and we're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep pushing until God does what he says he's gonna do and I really believe this church is about to step into a brand new day. You're gonna see the favor and the power of God coming over this place. In Jesus' name. Why don't we, let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. It says in Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, His anger is but for a moment, His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning because you've made this place your dwelling place. You've made this place your fortress. You've made this place your strong place. We all good? We're ready to make a difference? We're ready to go somewhere? You know, there is opportunity because... Uh, every other society culture workplace business whatever it is you're you're always judged on you're always judged on the outward appearance that's what people are really interested in is the outward appearance and in christianity god actually looks at the inward and so that means that i can become spiritually strong And no one would ever know. And I I don't have to prove anything on the outside. But internally, internally, I can become a giant killer. And you'll never know it because it's not going to be an outward thing. It's just going to be an internal thing that I have decided to put my eyes on and focus on. And that comes with focus. And it comes with commitment. And it comes with this is what I'm going for and I'm not going back. 17 years being a Christian, I've just decided I'm not going back. I've decided that I'm not here by mistake. I've decided that God has got a plan for my life and I'm gonna make sure it happens even if I have to struggle all and night. I'm not stopping. I don't even care about my stuff. I'll send my stuff on in advance. And the reality of that statement is that Jesus was the one that came down to this earth and sent you on in advance, and you didn't even deserve to go over. He came down and sent you over anyway, because you belong to him now. We belong to him. We're going to be where he is. He came down to earth, and he said, I'm going to send you over. He sent us over. Three days and three nights, he laid in that tomb dead. Then he came back to life. Life came back into his bones. And he says, because of that life, I'm going to put that same life in you. But you're going to set something up on the earth today. And it's going to be the house of God. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be amazing because I have put my spirit in you. I've put life on the inside of you. I've put a spirit of boldness on the inside of you. I've called you to bless this community. You're going to change the atmosphere. You're going to turn Noosa upside down in Jesus' mighty name. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. If God is for you, then who can be against you he died on that cross he conquered death he broke the chains he broke the back of every sin every demonic force every demon is bound there is no way on earth that the church will not grow it'll expand every single i can just keep going i've chosen to believe not to disbelieve I've chosen to rebuke the spirit of apathy and lethargicness off my life because it tries to come on me like a flood. But the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. My friends, you are the standard that God is looking for on the earth. If you've become cloudy in your belief, you can say here today that cloud is gonna go. We get so involved in church life and systems and things and we just, we do it because we're doing it, but we've lost, we've lost our excitement about the fact that I have been born again, that I am brand new, that I have been made new on the inside. The Bible says you are the light of the earth. You are the salt. But if the salt loses its flavor, I'm not losing my flavor. I am the flavor of the earth. And it's not pride saying that. You all with me? I just... I didn't want today to be about just another message. I mean, you've been in the church as long as me, you've heard them all anyway. How many times have you heard the story of Jacob? Yeah, know that one, yeah, got that, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, all right, get to the point. When are we going? The atmosphere is changing. The spirit of the Lord is here. I'm coming out of this place blessed. I'm coming out blessed. Christian and Melissa, you're coming out blessed. You're coming out with the favor of God for the seeds that you've sown. You're coming out blessed. And don't think otherwise. Don't doubt it. Don't question it. Don't look at anyone else. You're coming out blessed. I can feel the power of God in this place. Jesus' name. Can we close our eyes here this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I'm not going to, well, we might, but I wasn't going to pray for anyone. I just feel like this is not something that I'm going to do. It's something that you're going to do. It's you. It's you. You're you. That, That blessing scripture actually says, I'm blessing you. I'm making you famous I'm going to exalt you I want you to go and take the land I want you to kill the giant and the problem that we have is I don't believe I can I'm struggling to even believe how will I know I don't even know where Jesus is going and Jesus goes yes you do you know the way thank you God Father right now Right now, in Jesus' name, for this whole place, faith rises in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Faith rises in this place. Lord God, I see a brand new day coming in Jesus' name. It is not by chance. It is not by accident. It's because you've set something up in this place. It it has got God's attention. God's favor is going to begin to flow in Jesus' mighty name. I see the anointing breaking off every chain, every yoke, everything that has stopped you is going to change here today in Jesus name. We come at every oppressive force, we come at every atmosphere that is against this and Lord God we say release your spirit, pour out your Holy Spirit here today as it is in heaven, on the earth Lord in Jesus name. Let not a heart fail, let not disappointment come, let not discouragement overtake. Lord God in Jesus name, a spirit, a brand new Spirit of faith comes into this faith place. A spirit that's going to believe for the impossible. It's going to pull down the the works of the enemy, Lord. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, dwell in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We've come to do some work. Thank you, Lord. We've come, and we're leaving with blessing. Even in death, we're blessed. Even in death, you win. Because he has gone to prepare a place for you. There are many mansions. Thank you, God. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Can I just ask, I'm going to finish now. Thank you for listening. But can I just ask, maybe you're here, uh, and we do this at every service. Maybe you're here and you've actually never, you've never met God. You've never asked God to come into your heart. Maybe you're like me when I was 20. I knew about God, but I'd never really asked him to come into my world. And in my own way that day, I, I asked him. Or maybe you just feel distant. You feel distant from God. You feel distant from church. You, you've got all sorts of thoughts. You're wondering, you're like, am I even like, where is he? What's going on? I would love to give you the opportunity today to pray a prayer where you ask God into your heart or you come back, you come back to Him. No one can do this for you. It's a decision that you make in your own heart and you say, yes, Lord, I would like to come back or yes, Lord, I would like to ask you to come into my life. Thank you, Lord. Just with every eye closed, if that's you and here today you're saying, I would like to pray a prayer I would like to ask God to come into my heart. Or I want to make a fresh commitment and I want to come back to Him. Could you just slip your hand in the air and say, yeah, that's me. I'd like to do that today. Just slip it up nice and high. That's awesome. Thank you. Is there anyone else here today? To make a fresh commitment to go, yeah, Lord, I want to come back. I feel like I've walked away, but today I'm going to walk back. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to wait a few more moments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit. Let's all pray this prayer together, guys. Let's all pray this prayer together. And thank you for putting up your hand. As as I pray, I want you to pray. Awesome. Say this. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I receive Christ as my Lord and as my Saviour. I thank you, God, that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Are We good? I love this church. I love the pastors. I've got a, uh, what's the word? A vested, is is that it? Vested interest. I kind of feel connected to this place and because of these two here. And uh, hopefully they'll let me come back next year. And I'm just so excited. I'd l- I love getting to know everyone, but then like seeing, seeing you here again, you know, like, yeah, I was here last year. And seeing something grow like this. Because we can live in this place of frustration. Oh, it's not like I thought it was gonna be or whatever. But it it's like gets bigger and grows and more people and the influence and man, stick around. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c 3 noosaorg